What do you think of the qualifications for being a Christian? Who fits and who doesn't fit? This is Tuesday, May 23rd, and okay, I know that may be a trick question because we come to God by faith in Jesus, but it might be helpful to think how one becomes a Christ follower. As I mentioned on Sunday, I once once heard an athlete being praised in a way that I hadn't heard before or since. The commenter said, he likes to be coached. Now think about that. He's open to instruction. He wants to learn. He's willing to listen. Now in our study this week, we're learning about discipleship, following Jesus. And on Sunday, I mentioned a statement that would be made about followers of a teacher. They eat the dust of their rabbi. And what that means is that the student, the disciple, would follow around his master. He'd go everywhere the master went and observe and learn from the master's life. So much so that the dust of the roads would be kicked up by his master as he walked, and he would be said to eat his dust. Now returning to our opening statement, the kingdom is open to anyone that will come. As we come to Jesus, this means we are his, we become his disciples, his followers. We learn not about him primarily, but from him, from being with him. Here's our text for today, Luke chapter 18, verse 18 to 22. A certain ruler asked of him, that's Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come, follow me. Now, this passage tells us about one who's come to be called the rich young ruler. He came to Jesus seeking eternal life. Now, this is the kind of guy we would want in our church. He's successful and a leader. He's financially well off, as one of the other gospel writers tells us. And add to that, he's seeking. He's hungry for life and for eternal life. Jesus points this man to the complete goodness of God, and then he asks the man about his own goodness, about his faithfulness to the law. Now, the Jewish people would be all over this. They measured their place with God about law-keeping. If they kept the law, God would love them and at the same time provide them with their reward. The man says that, yes, he's been the model citizen. He was raised well and has done what the law requires. Then any Jewish teacher would look at the man and reassure him that he qualifies for life. But Jesus is not just any Jewish teacher. He knows that we can get all A's and at the same time fail life. That rich young man is there because Though he has done his duty to obey the law, he knows that something is still missing. And what it appears that Jesus did was then ask the man a question about the first table of the law. 
You see, the man had answered about the second table, our duty to our fellow human beings. But Jesus asked him about putting the Lord first, before his money, selling what he had and giving it away to the poor. But notice what Jesus says after that. Then come and follow me. Yes, by putting God first, the rich young ruler would have treasure in heaven, but he would still need Jesus. This is a gracious but painful invitation. You see, some people will not follow Jesus because of what they must leave behind to do so. It's true, anyone can come to Jesus, but turning to him often means turning away from other things. Of course, salvation is simple. It's by faith that we're saved through God's grace. But discipleship can be a tough thing. Jesus often spoke of us taking up our cross. Why? Well, that's what he did. And if we're following him, we will end up doing the same. Not because we like crosses, but because where love is lived, there will always be a cost. It costs a parent. When a child needs care in the middle of the night, there's going to be a loss of rest. It costs a spouse when his or her spouse becomes sick. He will be helping to provide care along the way. There may be a loss of intimacy and time together. There's a loss to give support to the poor or to give time to tutor a child. You will have less time for yourself, less money to spend on what you want. You see, there's always a cost. For the rich young man to sell his goods and follow Jesus meant laying aside the wealth that gave him his position and status and power and security to follow Jesus. He'd likely feel vulnerable, unprotected in the process. In making this decision, he would have to forsake one life for another. Following Jesus means not following anyone else, including your own desires or wishes. This is what Jesus did when he took on human flesh. In your relationships, Philippians 2 says, with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You see, Jesus laid aside so much to come and be among us. He didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, as we work through this this week, let's think about what it means to be followers and to remember that God's plan is that we would come to enjoy fullness in Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, we turn to you and away from those things in our lives that would distract us, those things that would deter us from enjoying you and knowing you. And we pray tonight and today in the name of Jesus. Amen. <music>